Dollar beers. You gotta love the 70s. Who wants to listen to some Captain and Tennille? My mother played it. A lot. Godfrey, what's happening? I'm sorry, Captain. Critical systems are being overridden by an external singing a song. Don't mess around, you just got to be strong. Just stop. Godfrey? I really love you. Stop. I'll be thinking of you. Look Godfrey, reboot. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Tonight we'll be discussing the latest Legends of Tomorrow episode, which originally aired Thursday, May 12th. Yes, we will. But first, just want to remind you good people that they should check us out over at purefandom.com. A lot of great writers over there. If there's a show or movie that you love, there's a pretty good chance that someone over there is writing something amazing about it. Check out our articles, reviews, and podcasts on other shows. We also do a podcast for Pure Fandom on on Sci-Fi's 12 Monkeys. Also coming up in July, we'll be covering Mr. Robot, a show that we both loved a lot last year. I think it's on USA. Yeah, it's on USA. Mm -hmm. And next month, we'll be covering TNT's Last Ship, which Brad is a huge fan of. I like it, but Brad is a huge fan. Well, you know, I'm ex-Navy, and there's a lot that goes on with that ship. They actually used the real ship, and they actually for some scenes and they actually kind of rebuilt sections of the ship that convinced everybody else they were on, not on the soundstage. So, you know, I like it. It's good. I can't wait for it. I was kind of wondering how this next season is going to go, but it's a good show. It's a lot of good stuff. Like he can tell you all the little things like, Oh, they're using this type of gun where you're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you all about a uh, material condition X-ray and zebra also, but anyhow, I have no idea what those are, but it'll explain later. <laughs> next I, month. Yeah, next month. So, <laughs> Court, let the good people know how they can reach us. Well, you can find me on Twitter at JinDev, and he's Brad ZB. Be sure to follow at Peer Fandom as well to keep up to date on the latest articles that have been posted. Check out Peer Fandom on Facebook to let us know what fandoms you're most interested in hearing or reading about. So, this week's episode was episode 15, and it was titled Destiny. And no, there was no Jim Belushi in that awesome car from that movie in the 80s. Remember that movie? I think he was a baseball player. Yes, I do. See? Yeah. Yeah, and there's also a band. There's a band? Yeah. Destiny? Child. No. 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 Okay. No. No, no that's not what that was called. But uh, okay. Destiny, that's, oh, Destiny's Child. Yeah, see? Yeah, but none of those have anything to do with the episode we saw. Oh, no, they don't at all. So. No. <laughs> so uh, this past week for uh, Legends of Tomorrow... Finally captured by the Time Masters, Rip makes a horrible discovery about the truth of their mission and the deaths of his wife and son. Sarah once again takes control of the Wave Rider in an awesome fashion. Mick faces induction, a.k.a. brainwashing at the hands of the Time Masters. Bastards. Tina Turner's We Don't Need Another Hero. That's a mental play during a particular scene with Ray and then Mick and then Snart. Mm -hmm. Kendra tries to convince Savage not to be an asshole and fails. Surprise, surprise. And Carter's in stasis for the whole episode. Stop it, Brad. I know you're thinking Oh, he was there? Don't say it. I totally forgot about him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Carter was where? Oh, he was in this episode. No, no, he wasn't. Yes, and Jax, he does some awesome things in the past. Yes. In the present. In the past. The present. The past. Whatever. Yeah, the past, present. So this episode was directed by Altunde Osunasami. And writer's credits are going to be long this week, so bear with me. Uh, it was developed by Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, Andrew Kreisberg, Phil Klemmer, 
teleplay by Phil Klemmer, Chris Fiedek, and the story by Mark Guggenheim. I said all that because there was actually no definitive writer this season mm-hmm. for this episode. And that may have been good because it was a really good episode. Yeah, like it was. It felt like a return to form. Whereas last week, we both felt like things. Well, a lot of people felt like things were all over the place. The character development that we've seen all season was all but gone. Right. But like this time around, I felt like this was a show that we've been watching, right. and I was comfortable with these characters again and the story. Right. It's almost like they got in the way back time machine and went back to character development. Everything yeah. made sense this episode. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just totally different thing. Um, before we get started, we got some news for the CW. You want to you wanna mention that one? Yes, I did see this. CW News, Supergirl is moving to the CW. Yay! Look for more crossovers as soon as they figure out the different Earth thing. Of course, Changing Earths would open up the whole alien thing going on in uh, Supergirl versus the rest of the CW-verse, right. which is okay because everywhere, everywhere else has, you know, the multiverse or magical things happening so add some aliens into it and honestly if we're talking about legends of tomorrow they already started talking about the aliens thing in this episode yes they did um we just have to figure out how they can get supergirl in there i mean well the moral the dc universe has Mm -hmm. like i don't know i know there's like 51 earths as it is and i think there's like more than that even so everybody has an earth thing and well, as we saw with Barry, if you can go fast enough, you can break through time. Break out all three to the other side, Jim Morrison. Exactly. So, primary. Primary. Um, <laughs> so, those 12 monkeys reference. <laughs> um, so, once they figure out that whole uh, transfer over thing with the Flash and he'll open, Barry Allen's could probably open up everything to have Supergirl come over. It should be interesting. I guess they're moving locations then to probably Vancouver. Would be yes, my guess. they're moving from LA to Vancouver. So they said, look for it to go from a sunny, bright show, which I'm cool with, to being more like what we see with the Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, which works for me. Right. No, I'm interested in it. I, I admit that I watched Supergirl for a while and then kind of fell off because it kind of conflicted with some of the other stuff I was watching. Me too. And that was it. Uh, it goes to CW. I'll probably end up watching it more <laughs> because it yeah. probably won't conflict with, you know, the arrow or whatever, or flash or whatever else I was watching at that point in time. Right. And since there'll be crossovers, you want to keep up on it kind of sort of, yeah. not like the arrow, which I've fallen off with and have no intention of going back to. Oh, right. And you never watched it. Yeah. I fell off a long time ago. Yeah. Anyhow, let's go ahead and jump on into this episode of legends of tomorrow. So, like we said before, way better than the last episode. I honestly think it was one of the best of the season. Everything flowed together perfectly for me. I'll agree that it was one of the best. Not the best. I can't tell you which one was the best. I'd have to go back and watch them all again. But this one, everything, like you said, it fit. Everything worked. The, you felt like these were people who had lived together for a while. And their their character beats, they felt true. Whereas last week, they everything rang false. Right. We talked about that last week to an extent. of it, We just did not like that episode. I hated that episode. I don't hate anything. No, and this one was perfect. Everybody was there where they should be, and everything happened. It was great. Um, I don't know if it was my favorite episode. Like I said, it's one of the best of the season. Definitely. But then again, I'm also comparing it to last week's episode. So there's that. I was kind of curious what episodes the writers of this one did compared to the other ones to go back and see, you know, do we stay in sync? And like the writers of the last episode, did they do any previous episodes that we didn't like or something like that? 
Well, I'll have to go back and check that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but... No. I, well, I'm just curious. That was one of the things. But, the, like, the whole writing thing, when you have a writer's room, there has to be a consensus, and one person just can't start writing something that completely messes up the continuity and not have everybody else notice what's going on. There has to be some kind of supervision going on. Right. Well, that's pretty much what it seemed like it did last week. Oh, yeah. Somebody messed up big time. So, we have the Time Masters. They're to blame for manipulating everything. Mm-hmm. Even though we now have an open story concept for the rest of the uh, series, yay! Every, that's all. It's all cleared up. Time is you know fixed now. They can go ahead and do whatever they need to do later on. Yeah, I like the whole idea of uh, destiny versus the free will and choice thing. Mm-hmm. It was really weird, like realizing all of their actions had been like the Oculus made them do everything they right. did. So no that, matter, was, that was weird. Yeah, no matter what what Rip did, he was never going to save his uh, his family. Right, and that's he kind of mentioned that a couple episodes ago, where he had tried to go back and save them, but every time, it, like it never worked. Right, and now he knows why it never worked because they're because like, the yeah. time masters suck. Yeah, because they're like, this is the way we got to motivate you. I'm calling Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's a good idea. Got called uh, Amy Pond and have her fix it for me. Uh huh. With all this, it looks like Vandal might actually be around for a while longer. I don't know. I I didn't mind him this episode. I Yeah, because if you notice we got maybe 5 minutes of him, 10 minutes tops. Yeah, but even in that moment and that we had him And he wasn't the main villain. The main villain were the time masters. Exactly, but even in that time that we had him, he was still better than he was in the last episode. This is true. Like he this reminded of this reminded me of how he was in the uh first crossover episode where we saw him where I enjoyed his character a little bit. Yeah, he actually taste. he played into his character. It was really that's the point that I liked. It wasn't that. as campy or, or hammed up Ex- as it's been in the past. Exactly. With the explanation of what the Oculus did, that mm-hmm. kinda explained how Gideon knew where certain things were during the season. Because Gideon gets a download for the main computer that the Oculus says, okay, this is where Vandal Savage is and everything else. With yeah, well, what use are you of to me anymore, Gideon? You don't know things anymore. Exactly. Well, she can still run the ship. She knows how to hide inside a telephone. This is true. That was cool. <laughs> that was pretty great. It's weird that the Oculus was responsible for picking the Time Masters who deal with manipulating time. That's that whole issue that we had before. So you're born to set up the Oculus, and since you set up the Oculus, the Oculus is going to pick you to set up the Oculus. Destiny. Chicken egg thing. Chicken egg. Mm-hmm. And the Oculus also explained why Rip failed at almost everything he did. It doesn't explain why the Pilgrim failed at what she did, though. Yeah, so th- th- it gets Rip off the hook for being bad. Like, you're really bad at this. You suck. Well, you know, if they sent the Pilgrim back to kill everybody, then... That means that everything wasn't totally. Well, the Pilgrim was supposed to fail based on this. Based on this whole explanation, everything that got thrown at them was supposed to fail so that they could go around and messing up time like they were messing up time. They were destined to mess things up as they did. I think that's a little cheap, though, but whatever. I agree. I'd like to Pilgrim. But now the Oculus is gone and everybody has fate. Bye, Oculus. Bye-bye. See you later. Rip's grand plans were always pre, uh, pre-planned by the Time Masters. So, like we said, he he couldn't save anybody if he tried. Uh, let me go back and say also that w- are, we're in consensus that the children have been returned to the timeline. Sure. 
because we're three episodes past that whole issue of the children not getting back to the timeline and they wouldn't be created. So they had to have done this. I don't think we'll ever get a resolution on that. Right. And there was the fact that um, Jack's in the past made it back to the past and we still saw it the past five months ago. Right. So they had to have done this. It's just one of yeah. those, well, we're just going to drop this off right here. Yeah. <laughs> just, just drop it. Speaking of Jack's, I thought for sure that we'd never see him again. I'm glad we saw him. But I liked the way we saw him. I liked how setting up with the original scene and how getting everybody to come along with Rip mm-hmm. and then him going down with Stein and I'm not going anywhere. And then, you know, now Jack's coming up and go, dude, I need your help. I love yeah, that. I, I thought, thought it was that great. made perfect sense. And I was waiting for him to pop up during, I thought I was waiting for him to plop out of time, like right in the middle of uh, their whole group. I was like, oh my God, is it going to be a paradox? What's going to happen? Hey, how are you doing? I also love the fact that you could see the big difference between Stein, how he was, mm-hmm. and how he is now. Mm-hmm. Because he, I kind of forgot how arrogant he actually was at the beginning of this. Oh, total douche. And I I knew he was, but it was like when it, he, you saw the progression during the show. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really catch on to it as much. I, I, well, like he started to care about the team just like Nick. Right. It just took a little bit longer. So now this is my question. So now that Jax went back, does that mess with Stein's uh, time stream? And he knew that Jax went back all along? Or is this something that Jax went back and now he has that memory? See, I don't, I don't know. And that was funny while I was watching that scene. So this Jax tells him about the whole Rufy thing. Did that make him Rufy, Jax? Exactly. I don't know. My head hurts. <laughs> but it was cool. It, I liked and Jax it. tried not to tell him too much. No, and he kind of did tell him, I, you know, Stein saying, what, you know more, the mechanic knows more than me? And he burns out the thing, which was <laughs> one of the minutes of going, yep, sure does. Yep, he can time travel too, bitch. Mm-hmm. 14 episodes in, we finally get the depth and motivation on Vandal Savage with this whole taking over the world thing. Yeah. About time. And it's kind of interesting that he's supposed to be the savior of the world. Bull crap. Would like to know when the Time Masters decided he was the right person who got the one true ring to lead them all. I don't understand. With all the heroes out there, you pick this dude. Yeah. Really? Would it be because he hung out with all the past world leaders before, like Genghis Kong and everybody else he kept name dropping? No. I don't know why. He has more like, They didn't explain that well. No. Like, why this dude? Yeah, it's okay. He's immortal. He can last long. Sure, but there's somebody else in the DC comic universe that could probably do this. But. Go find Superman, man. Well, Superman's in a different Earth. so yeah. They can go mess with time or something. True. I'm sure. We can blame the Time Masters though, for manipulating everybody's timeline so that he, they created Vandal to be the most boring character on TV. Yeah. It's all their fault. That's why we weren't happy with them. The Time Masters. They screwed it up. Well, I, I like this stuff with the Time Masters now. Like this episode. Yeah, it just took a while to get there. And the Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had a couple of things peppered in. I think, I think if they had done things a bit differently with the whole season, we would have been sucked in more with it. I agree. Or if they had started plotting in the whole Thangarians or whatever it's called early on, like we'd, we'd be there with them. But they took too much time building up the whole Vandal Savage thing and people started hating Vandal Savage. I like the Thangarian thing coming up to play now. 
well, okay, but find something else to to fill in the rest of the time. Right. Like, don't spend this whole time having them go back and forth trying to beat Vandal Savage and then like being really bad at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been done a little bit differently, but and make Vandal less cartoony. How about that? Exactly. Make him make him the evil guy or make him the world leader. He's just mullet head, you know. Right. Like, like, make us like him like we like the Pilgrim and his daughter. Right. Make him a good villain. Make him somebody I care about. Exactly. So the Thangarians, they're going to invade the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, if this name sounds any familiar to anybody, Thangaria is a fictional planet in the DC comic universe. In the comics, this is where Katar and Sh- uh, Sharira are from. Did I say your name right? Yeah, Shayara. Shayara. <laughs> I so was is Qatar to... Carter's actual name? Yes. Is that what they should have been calling him that... instead of, what did they call him, Khufu? Yeah, Khufu. I don't Okay, go ahead. But that's what it is in, you know, the DC universe. So I... they could have just said Qatar. I, yeah, I would have liked Qatar more than just Prince Khufu. Yes, that would have been better. But anyhow, those two came to Earth to fight a villain. Uh, those two came to Earth to fight a villain. And became Hawkman and Hawk Chick. Hawk Dude and Hawk Girl. Or something. I like that. Yeah, Hawk Dude. And in the TV show, the metal and the meteorite that turns Kendra and Carter into what they are now came from Thangora. Thangora. That makes total sense. So that's where the whole change is. So basically the planet of Hawk people are going to come invade Earth at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in that case... I don't know, manipulate Kendra and Carter and make them the rulers of the universe. To, well, I guess they wouldn't want to do that because they would help take over or something. I don't know. I don't know I'm either. still trying to figure out the vandals thing. But anyhow, that's your little background history on that whole thing. Thank you for doing that because I had no idea. Yep. I knew that was, I remembered it at one point and I'm like, I really need to go look this up because <laughs> that's in there for a reason. So Google's your friend. Let's talk about my friend Mick. Mick, who's, like, the best thing about this show? Yes. Yeah. Mick being able to overcome his uh, reconditioning was great. At first, though, I was worried he might shoot Snart. But it was great when the guy said, fire, Crotus, and he replied back with, with pleasure, and took the other guy out. And then stomped on his head. Oh, that was gross, <laughs> even though we didn't see it. You could just imagine it. Ugh. Now, see, for me, the whole scene with his reconditioning, his induction, mm-hmm. I kept going to uh, going back to a certain scene a couple weeks ago from Game of Thrones, and I'm like, why doesn't he just say Kronos, like, almost immediately? Right. Like, why does he wait, like, 20 hours into being tortured? Well, I guess he had to make sure that he that they thought that it was actually working correct. I mean, yeah, let's make him think it's working, but, like, you don't have to go through that whole thing. Maybe he so liked just say Kronos, dude. Maybe it was a good thing for him. Maybe he enjoyed it. Oh, that, that could be it. He is kind of weird. <laughs> with what happens later that we're going to get to, I kind of wonder if Mick is going to stick around with the group after this think, season. Oh, I think so. I think so for sure. He does seem to be bonding with Ray a little bit more. Not just Ray. Like everybody else. He likes being with those guys. Well, that's what he said. This is how he, how he fought the reconditioning. He thought about the team. Yeah. And, you know, him and Ray have this nice little chat, and he actually threatened Ray. Thanks. Keep in mind. Well, you better. Because if you tell the team I actually care, I'll shave your head. 
if we had gone back to the beginning, Mick said I would have killed you or burnt you or beat you or something like that. Shaving <laughs> his head is nothing. <laughs> it's such a big change from what he came from from the first episode. This is true. Massive character development is what I'm saying. I agree. And like his is deserved. Like you, you could see his arc throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's there. It's, yeah. We, and we he, his is character I definitely enjoy every week. I, I am totally with you. You know, I always think he has the best sound bites because he, you know, actually he does. <laughs> it's really good. He has good delivery in his lines. Always. Ray stays true to his nature, being a legend, and wants to be the hero that saves the day because he foresaw himself already dying. Yeah, for a while, um, like when they had that scene and with the failsafe, he was like, I, "I was meant to do this. I- I'm meant to die anyway." Because we've seen him, or you didn't see him. Like he 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 supposedly died back in Arrow came back and nobody really missed him and there was a whole thing with stein earlier where like nobody he, he didn't remember who he was mm-hmm. like so now he's hoping or not that's not even why he's doing it now he's like he's doing it because he wants to help his friends he wants to save the day and if he dies doing it so be it well, so, so he's gotten over that whole thing where he needs to be remembered, where he needs to be that legend. He doesn't need to be it. He's just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Exactly. It is the right thing to do. And he's somebody has to do it. He's there. I'm going to do it. And I, I enjoyed him again, like this week as well, because he didn't have those over-the-top unnecessary lines. Exactly. There, yeah, there was no Top Gun line or anything like that, anything crazy. But him doing that, I mean, offering to sacrifice himself, it was totally the character. I love that part. It was exactly what he would do. Somebody has to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah, but then, of course, Mick knocks him out, which I thought was awesome. I did, too. I was like, I, Mick knocking him out was perfect for what happened before with Mick threatening him to shave his head and eating cupcakes with him. Oh, that was so funny. I'm like, what are they eating? Are they eating ice cream cones? No, nope, cupcakes, cupcakes and donuts. Gideon yeah. knows how to party. Yeah, like that was totally from craft services, and they were just having a moment. <laughs> it's like that was fun. And then, of course, the part where uh, Rip shrinks Ray like a tiny little toy and puts him in his pocket. I thought that was cool. Yes, that was yeah. That was one of the things though with with Mick knocking Ray out because we know Mick he he wants his revenge. Snart knocking Mick out to save him. I'm like, I was like, oh no. Yeah, well, he's like, I'm not leaving you behind again. I'm not doing that. No, and he threatened me before, and I, I was ready for Ray to go, or I would hate to see Mick go, but I didn't think Snart, not Snart, no. no. I don't think we've seen the last of him. I was like, like, already we've seen a couple of seeming deaths in this show. Even if we did see his death in this, this episode, I'm pretty sure we're in a time travel show. We'll see him again. We didn't see a body. Oh, he blew exactly. Up. That's always the rule. He blew up. Well, hmm. well, not necessarily. There was fire around the ship, but he went into this blue light. So you're going with the whole fact that he could have fallen into the time stream. That, or we will see him in a different part of the timeline, and he'll get picked up from there. He fall. He fell into the Oculus. Exactly. Right. So we we don't know how the Oculus works, but we do know that maybe when it blew up, he got sucked into the Oculus, and something happened. Yeah, there's also the the part because you know how with shows when a character dies, we'll get like that post mortem from mm-hmm. the actor. Right. We've gotten out of that. Oh. I missed that. Hmm. Interesting. 
Honestly, the whole entire time that was happening, I was just wondering why that Kinder or Carter couldn't have held down the self-destruct string, but, you know. Well, they were on the ship with um, Vandal. Yeah. Oh, that's right. No, and Carter, he was off killing people. Carter was just out hanging around doing his thing in stasis. He was sleeping. <laughs> sleeping it away. I'm pretty sure we'll see him again next week. Oh, I'm since sure. Next week is the finale. I'm sure we will. We have to. You can't skip out that one. Cole doing what the Time Master thought he would never do is a total game changer and upset the Time Master's plans. As far as death scenes go and how it played out, it was a great scene. That was an awesome scene. Because I had been feeling that from Cold and Sarah, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if they would go there because I know, um, like, she 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 was in love with Oliver before, but she'd been with, um, God, I can't remember her name. Oh, what was her name? You didn't watch it. No. On Arrow. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Razel Ghoul's daughter. I can't yes. remember her name for anything right now. Of course, she was the nurse also. But, like, it can go back and forth. She's, like, Clark's character. Mm-hmm. Like, she loves whoever she loves. And so she's been spending a lot of time with uh, Cold. And so they had that very interesting dynamic, but I never thought they'd go there. I did love that part, though, when, he's, when he walks in. And I'm going to play that as the outro for this one. When he was like, I've been doing a lot of thinking about me and you. And you and me. <laughs> it's like great delivery. Loved it. Nissa. Yeah. Nissa. That's right. But that also told us something that we had been kind of wondering this entire time. They've been on the ship for five months. It felt so much longer. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing. We weren't really sure. I know we talked about this a couple of times, but this is the first time we got a definite time frame of how long they've been doing this. Yeah, I wonder if it has to do anything with the fact that um, Ray, Sarah, and Kendra were stuck for two years. So technically, they've been away for two years and five months. True. I didn't I actually didn't think about that one. But yeah, that's very awesome. Anyhow, that snart and Sarah kiss at the end. It was great chemistry hidden in the background there for a little while, and it was a perfect ending if it is the last time we see snart. And I doubt it's the last. I think Sarah will be really upset. Oh, totally. Jack's coming in to save the day. Awesome. Great moment. We did say he was going to fix his time machine and come back, and he did. With the help of Stein from the past. And then I thought that was really interesting, too, because that screwed up the Time Masters because they didn't see that happening. Right. And that took him by surprise. And the other guys just stood there and got shot. But, you know, it was good. I like seeing him. Perfect times for uh, Stein not to explode or anything. Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Mm Mm-hmm. If you aren't already there, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. We both got a lot of different articles there, and there are tons of awesome writers filling the site up with amazing fandom articles. Again, be sure to check out our other podcast, Sapphire Rewind, um, with a friends happening this week. I'm telling you, this is my Christmas in May. Uh, we'll be discussing some of the new shows or pilots that will be coming out once we uh, get over there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And we're also covering Sci-Fi's 12 Monkeys for Pure Fandom. You can check that out at purefandom.com. We just got one posted up there for the last one. Time traveling shows. If you're not watching it, you really need to watch 12 Monkeys. Oh, my God. It's so good. With all their rules and timey wiminess, it's so awesome. It'll make your head hurt. In a good good way. way. In a good way. (laughs) Because you're like, huh? In Legends, we know it's more of a a comic uh, time travel. 12 Monkeys is totally based in stuff that makes you go, wow, how'd that work? Yeah, it's very, very psychedelic. And they kind of explain a lot of it, but man, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. 
Legends of Tomorrow next week, it could change. <laughs> 12 Monkeys, it's all there. Oh, yeah. It's a great show, so go check that out. And if you have a favorite moment from this week's episode, let us know. Hit us up in the comment section below or hit us up on Twitter or hit us up on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, next week will be the season finale. Legendary. Awesome. And we might have a few extra people coming in from Pure Fandom to talk to us about that one. We'll have to see. We'll let you know when it comes out. Awesome. Until next week, remember, the Oculus is watching you. It's the things I didn't do keep me up at night. What's that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's being on this ship traveling through time. Started to wonder what the future might hold for me. And you. And me and you. You want to steal a kiss from me, Leonard? You better be one hell of a thief.